This is episode 251 on May 3rd, 2018. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Tiny Shutter Podcast, where we talk about iPhone photography and other things. I'm Greg McMillan. I'm Dave Podner. And I'm Matt Hoffman. So how's everybody doing tonight? Uh, As you guys can see, the listeners, um, Joseph Ferreira is not with us tonight. Uh, He had something going on that he couldn't make it. So we are going to do our best to try to make this work without falling off the track. This feels like when you're when you were a kid and like your parents would go out for the evening and you had a babysitter. <laughs> yeah. Or a substitute teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or you you pick up the phone and I don't know about you guys, but when I was a kid we had a party line. And when you picked up the phone and somebody else was on there, you could just start talking to them and you don't even know who they are, who they are, what they're talking about. You just join in the conversation and make it interesting. (laughs) I think we do that every (laughs) week. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the tiny shutter party line. So how you guys been doing? Uh, We'll start with you, Dave. Doing pretty good this week. Didn't get a lot of photography in, but... Um, we are finally tra- um, moving away from the season of brown sticks into greenness around here. Speak uh, for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it's not bad here yet. Which is always a good thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, really just got a, a couple things in. Again, just um, when I was a um, couple photos, just trying to cl- like clean out some of the dead stuff from the winter and seeing some green growth and Try and get some pictures there, but other than that, not a lot of photography this week going on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's here. It's still stick season, but uh, there are some things starting to bloom, which is always good. And um, the, in Ontario, we have our our provincial flower is the trillium, and it's always nice to get out into the woods for a walk and and find some of them to record. But uh, how about you, Matt? How's your week been? Uh, pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy like Dave to finally see some green starting to come up here and everything. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, not a whole lot of photography, at least not with the iPhone. Um, I did go to a like whitewater kayaking race this past weekend and, uh, that was cool. Yeah. I took, um, kind of an insane amount of pictures. Um, but pretty much all of them I shot with the uh my Sony camera only really a handful of pictures with the um the iPhone and I did do a couple videos with the iPhone so I'll, um I kind of haven't gotten around to it yet but I do intend to put together some sort of uh slideshow video type thing to uh share with everyone but um yeah that's that's pretty much it for me this week how about you yeah, not not too much this week. I, I did night shift. Well, I mean, last weekend it wasn't too bad. You know what? We actually had um, Tuesday was the hottest day of the year so far, and I'll bet you it hit probably eighty degrees up here. Whoa! Uh, it was it was culture shock. I mean, there was people wearing shorts and t shirts, and <laughs> it's you know it was a really beautiful day. And Monday. Not too bad either. Not quite as hot, but uh, 
Yeah, I mean, and Tuesday I started my night shift swing, so you know, I I went into work with just shorts and a and a t shirt, no no uh, jacket or anything, not even for the morning after when I got out of there because generally if it's cold in the morning, if I if I know it's going to be cold, I'll dress for that when I go to work so that I don't freeze coming out. But um, oh, it wasn't too bad. But I didn't do too much photography either. Um, I, I shot, I, th- I think they're called crocuses, uh, in, a, in a neighbor's lawn by his tree. And um, that's about it. That's about as colorful as I've seen this week. <laughs> yeah, this, this weather has been crazy. I know, you know, here in Ohio where I am, uh, yesterday, Wednesday was uh, pretty warm in the, in the mid-80s, I believe. And Tuesday was around 80 degrees, but just a few days before that, uh, when I was at the kayak race, I was bundled up like I was going to go skiing. Oh, wow. I I had, I had a hat on, gloves on, uh, insulated pants, a long sleeve shirt, a sweatshirt and a ski jacket. And I was actually still cold. (laughs) Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. It was in, in the, um, the kayakers said it was warmer in the water. Like the water temperature Ooh. of the river was warmer than the air, which is just crazy because, you know, this time of year, water is just so cold still. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's what makes people get colds and flu and everything else. I mean, around here, it sure does. You know, if we have really cold weather, then it gets warm, then it gets cold again. It's uh, it, it's pretty easy to get sick, um, you know catch a cold because you you're dressing for dressing for a nice day with one day and then you know the next day you go out and well it does maybe it's not that cold out and then sure enough the temperature drops on you and uh it's just crazy no doubt but uh anyway um so okay so we are like i say trying to do our best to uh keep this thing on the rails this week. Uh, it just goes to show you how valuable Joe is to us. <laughs> and we don't have the soundboard and all that stuff. <clears throat> so uh, we're just going to jump right into our focus point And we're going to talk about the aesthetics of shooting depth photos. And this stems from something that, uh, that Dave stumbled upon uh, sometime within the last week or so here. So Dave, want to take it away? Take it, sure. take it away. Sure. Yeah. This actually, um, when I, po- I talking about when I was just trying to take photos of, of greenery, when I was, uh, doing a little gardening or just kind of cleaning up the winter leftovers. Um, we have a, I guess, bamboo, um, bush in the back and just trying to clean out all the dead stuff. Um, and notice after cleaning it all out, a little bit of green growth down at the very bottom, just starting off. So, of course, you know, I thought it looked like a good photo, got on my hands and knees, took a photo there. And because I wanted it to pop a little bit more, used the depth effect to get a little bokeh effect in the back. Um, I think for that one, I used the camera M map for that mm-hmm. one. And I posted that to the Artful iPhone Photography Group. And someone mentioned, wow, I really like to, you know, know more about folk, about depth effect and um, trying to get that kind of going on. So I figured that'd be not necessarily, and Greg, you mentioned um, when we were talking earlier before we went live about 
not necessarily the technical aspects. Because even though if, if you you can definitely geek out on, you know, why things work a certain way they do and why different uh, cameras work different ways and different um, uh, apps work the different ways. I think the thing that most people want to know about is, well, that's all great and wonderful. But if I have my phone in front of me, how do I, you know, what, what should I be looking for to get the best photo and get the most pop out of the photo also? Yeah, yeah, because sometimes it's about technique, not necessarily technology. Exactly, exactly, because we all know just like sports or anything else, you can have the most advanced, expensive equipment in the world, but if you don't have the eye to take a shot or if you don't know what you're looking for, uh, it's a complete waste of, you know, uh, of the actual technology itself. Yeah. And we were having a little discussion also beforehand because in my mind, um, when you're looking to have that nice depth effect, you definitely want to have, in my mind, you want to have a either a singular or a tightly grouped main subject and the background where it gives you a contrast between the foreground and background. So the background could be a little on the busy side. Uh, maybe not necessarily busy with having a one strong feature, but where it'll give you a nice, well, kind of background. Not, not exactly going deep there with the thought, but uh, to have something to focus against versus, in my mind, if you have a plain white background, kind of like taking a picture of someone against a white wall, um, the person may pop, but you don't get that depth. You don't have that feeling that it's popping out in front. Right. I think that that's where Matt, you disagreed. And yeah, I do. I, I have a, a couple thoughts on, on this. Um, if you don't mind. No, please. I mean, that, I mean, it's honestly, I think the way that we learn is you guys have a lot more experience, um, with higher end photos than I do. Uh, I, I just play, I just play a photographer on the internet. <laughs> um, all right. So when it, when it comes to like portrait mode or, or the, the depth effect, I mean, yeah, to me, the, the whole idea is to kind of isolate your subject from the background. So whether that's, you know, a person or a pet or, you know, a flower or whatever, whatever it might be. So I kind of understand what you're saying with the busy background and let's just pretend for a second that we were talking about um like a DSLR or you know a, a regular camera not an iPhone um so when you have a camera like that that you're getting all of your um your depth in a photo through that combination of the the shutter speed and, and and the aperture is really what's controlling that. Um, the the background's not quite as important for achieving the depth because you can control your aperture and no matter what you can get get your depth. The only thing that the background plays a role in is like how pleasing does it look, you know, when it's out of focus. Um, with the iPhone, um, 
when the background's out of focus, whether it's busy or a simplified background, um, that aspect of it makes no difference whether you did it with an iPhone or a camera that is doing it optically, not not with like software and al- algorithms. What makes a difference is that because the iPhone is not really doing it optically with an aperture, it would have a harder time with a busy background um, distinguishing what's the background and what's your subject. So you're less likely to get that uh, perfect depth effect if you have a, a really busy background. So um, I think I'm, when I say like a simplified background, I'm not really talking about a white wall. Um, I just mean uh, just something that's um, – not like a million different lines and and just things going on like like for instance if you put um let's say you know a person in front of a uh, a tall bush in the uh, winter time so all that's behind them is a whole bunch of sticks that is a really busy background and i think that like iphone's portrait mode would have a difficult time distinguishing where does the person end and where do the sticks begin, right? Whereas if you had a a DSLR, you're setting your aperture and your focus, and there's just going to be a a point in that picture where everything behind a certain plane of focus is going to be blurred. Um, So you don't really have that consideration of like, oh, it looks like a stick is coming out of this person's head you know, it, it didn't blur properly. Does that make you understand? I don't know if that made sense at all. I tr- it, yeah. 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 That makes yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense in terms of, and I know that is one of the limitations of the iPhone and other software based um, bokeh effects is trying to pick out the, especially let's say trying to pick out hair or, um, if the, uh, the, the actual edge of what's in front and then in back, cause I know that's a lot of people tend to have problems with, let's say you're taking a shot of a person who has dark hair in front of a dark background. Sometimes the hair gets pushed into the background because the iPhone is not smart enough to figure out that that's hair and that should be in the front versus what's in the back. Yeah. Yeah. I think a key component of, um, of of getting a good depth photo with regard to the background, you know, whether it's a busy background or, you know, a relatively plain background. Uh, I think if you've, if you've got some like a busy background that you, you, you just can't help it, it's there, uh, but you want to get the photo, the further the subject is, away from the background, the easier the iPhone, uh, the easier time it has to determine the difference between the foreground and background. Um, I've dabbled a little bit with self-portraiture like that out in the woods, you know, Um, and and I find that if I stand, you know, 15, 20, 25, 30 feet away from trees, then it does a very, very good job of 
you know, um, singling out me as, and, and really blurring the background, which is, that's the effect we want to get when we do these types of photos. So if you, if you're standing at say a brick wall, I would say put, make, make the wall on a bit of an angle so that, you know, the camera can really determine that, you know, you know, it, it can see that, that say the person will be there, you know, that's okay. That's the, that's the distance the person is from the, from the camera, but the wall, if it's on an angle, then it can see, okay, this wall is going on an angle and it's getting further away and it's getting closer and closer on this side. And I think it'll do a little better job of singling out the person uh, as opposed to making mistakes in any examples that I've seen anyway, that that seems to be the case. But I think distance between the subject and the, and the background can really help. Yeah, it, it definitely does help um, in portrait mode to have that. So yeah, the, the further your background can be from your subject, the definitely the easier time it's going to have. And even if you're not using portrait mode, I mean, if you're using, you know, a DSLR or whatever, you, you would have an easier time blurring the background um, at a, you know, a given aperture with a, a background that's further away. And you could even play with this with, with the iPhone. I mean, um, just, you know, the, the, design of the iPhone being the small lens and sensor and a fixed aperture. Um, you know, most of the pictures that we take are in focus, uh, front to back, right? So you have focus throughout the entire picture. Um, but I would encourage you to, you know, if anyone's interested in this whole concept to just, uh, maybe go outside and, uh, just find something like a flower or, or just like a tree bud or something and get your iPhone to focus on, on that. Um, so, you know, don't use the, the two times lens or just use a normal, uh, lens, get it to focus, go get your lens as close as you can to that object. Um, and it, to keep it in focus and then kind of notice what, the background's doing behind it. So if you're outside, chances are likely you could achieve that good distance between your subject and whatever might happen to be in the background. And you'll notice that without doing anything special, without selecting portrait mode or anything like that, you can achieve that shallow depth of field. Um, I actually just tried it while sitting here, you know, talking to you guys. And I just got the phone to focus on my finger and just the the desk behind my finger, which is literally just like a couple feet away, started to go out of focus. So, um, you know, outside, it's real easy to achieve, you know, a much greater distance than that between, you know, a subject and the background. So, um, you know, it, it's pretty cool what you can do, you know, with lenses and everything. If you, if you kind of know, you know, what to do with them. But uh, you just had me focusing on my fingers. I hope you know that. <laughs> yeah, same here. Same here. <laughs> but you're right. It does work. You know, I, I put my, I'm about um, 
probably a foot and a half away from my computer screen and I put my finger about halfway in between and held the phone up and focused on the finger and the and the screen had a nice blur to it. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it can be done with a, a, a single lens iPhone. Um, you know, a lot of this stuff with the depth stuff, we're very limited to the iPhone 7 Plus, 8 Plus and 10. So um, it, you know, that's a very good point, Matt. It is achievable to a certain extent with all the other ones. Yeah. So like what we just did there, that's only going to work with probably a relatively small subject. Like you're never going to be able to do that with a person. Oh, no. Unless you're just taking a picture of, you know, their finger or like, you know, I don't know, the tip of their nose or something. Um, you know, if you're doing like selfies and, and just working in that kind of distance, then, you know, portrait mode is definitely the way to go to achieve that depth. Well, you know what? That being said, I think you can, given the right situation, you can get it to be a little effective, even with a person. You just have to make sure that the background is some distance away. Uh, like I mentioned before, but because I, I did a, um, oh, we had a, like a, a, a plant, a hanging plant basket in the backyard a couple of years ago with my 6S. I just thought, well, you know, the flower looks all right. I focused on the flower and there's a hedge line probably 20 feet away in the background and it had a nice blurry bokeh to it when the flower was in focus. So I think the bigger the subject, the further back in the background it needs to be to have a blur to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, you know, it, it, it's it, it's kind of proportionate. You know, the smaller the subject, so like our finger, it, you can have a background that's fairly close and it'll be effective. But a bigger bigger subject, you have to have the background further away. Yeah. So it just takes a bit of planning, you know, in the shot. That's all. Yep. And really the whole reason for that is because the a bigger subject, you're going to be holding the phone further away from that subject, which means that yeah. that distance between the subject and the background has to increase as well. There's, yeah. I'm sure, some sort of, uh, you know, math formula there. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure yeah. there would be. Uh, it's a... Way beyond my education, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same here. <laughs> so that but, that was a, an interesting um, thing to bring up, Dave. You know, especially uh, when you put it on the uh, uh, the Artful Eye Photography community. Um, it was good that somebody you know mentioned you know that they would like to learn more about that because it sure does uh, spark up a good conversation. Mm -hmm. And that is as much as hand wringing goes with social media and Facebook and Instagram and <clears throat> sorry, man, and Twitter. That to me is the main reason I post is to get it out there. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely a good topic, and it's it's one we could you know we could honestly talk about this again uh, soon because we can go even further, uh, no pun intended here, but further in the depth with this um, <laughs> by, by kind of talking about the background a little bit more and, and how, um, you know, everyone 
everyone kind of just thinks of the subject when they think of the depth effect, like, oh, I just want to isolate the subject. But you can have a, um, a blurred background be like a very artistic part of your of your photos as well by, you know, looking for certain elements, um, that would be in that background. Like for instance, like, uh, highlights, like, you know, um, if you ever look at, um, maybe like some street photography or something that's done, uh, at night, like in a city and, and the, the lights in the background just blur out into these nice little, you know, round balls of light, you know, that's the, the bokeh, if you've heard that term before. And, um, you know, so, you know, you can achieve that, you know, with portrait mode and then also with the help of a, an app that we've mentioned a handful of times. And I think we've given it away on the show is uh, the focus app. Yeah. F O C O S. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there, there's definitely a lot more to explore with the the depth, and and I'm sure we'll talk about it more because there's more, more and more um, camera apps that are you know updating to to use depth information or, or shoot with depth information. Um, so it's really becoming a, a pretty prominent part of the iPhone photography experience, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd have to agree yeah. with that. Yeah, and that's also something kind of for future think. Um, it seems like every year Apple is opening more and more of the camera information to third-party developers. Where a couple of years ago they opened it up so you can shoot in RAW. And then now the depth effect is available for third-party apps. So who knows what they're going to, you know, if they can open up anything more or give any more details. Um for third-party apps that are willing to add the additional complexity maybe that Apple's d doesn't necessarily want to do for their built-in camera app too. Yeah. And you know, the, the, that kind of look in an image, uh, it was achievable before the, uh, depth effect became a thing in the iPhone. Uh, it, you could take a picture with an app. There's one that I used to use. I think it was called, um, I want to say focus AF, but I don't know if that's it or not, but there was, I think Tada SLR can do it where you can take an image and you can mask out the, um, the subject and have the background go blurry and it'll look really cool. Just like a depth image. Yeah, there was, there was a, a few apps that, that mm -hmm. did that. Tada SLR was really good. And, uh, another one that I thought was really good, I think was called after focus. That's the one I was thinking of. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, um, scrolling, scrolling through our Facebook group, uh, just a little bit ago, um, I, I just, uh, passed a picture that had a really nice, uh, blurred background and it was done with Tada SLR. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll have to, uh, yeah. So if, if you don't, if you don't have the dual lens iPhone, you can still, you know, play around with an image and get get a, a look that's very similar to what we're talking about with a, a nice crisp subject and a nice blurry bokeh um, in the background. And, uh, you know, th there's still a lot that can be done. And I think after focus, I think if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it's Tada SLR, you can have a real blurry 
background in the far distance. And then is there not an, like an intermediate there setting is. where yeah. you can there yeah, is. Where yeah. you, you can have a little less of a blur in something that's a little closer to the subject and then have a clear subject. So that's that's pretty cool. That's pretty effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah, they, I, I think they both do that. And then I, know I remember. That, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I, saying, no, I just remember uh, when you mentioned Afterfocus. I remember using that back when I had the uh, 4S and actually um, taking photos, using it as an editor on a. Um, a uh, point and shoot that we used to take uh, wedding photos for our niece a few years ago. Uh, because not only did the let you do just a bokeh effect, but it lets you only have the in focus part in color and have the background in black and white, which was a nice little extra pop too. And yeah, I remember it had actually a, a pretty good uh, selection tool, uh, a, a pretty good smart selection tool that would automatically uh pick the you know the outline what you're doing yeah yeah well that's cool that's really handy yeah that's helpful yeah without a doubt yeah the other thing i liked uh um i don't know if tada slr had this but after focus did was um you know where you could select what you definitely want to be in focus and then um you could apply what they called a natural um, fade or something like that. So it, it actually really looked uh, kind of just like the uh, um, like portrait mode or like you did it with a, you know, an SLR. It had, you know, a pretty natural looking uh, fall off to the focus. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. It's amazing what these things can do. Yeah, that is a true story. Computational photography. Okay, so I think uh, that was a pretty good discussion on the uh, on the depth effect without getting on the technical side of it. Um, I found the picture I was just t- talking about. Oh, yeah? It was posted by uh, Jackie Miller 23 hours ago. It's a picture of a yellow... Uh, flower i don't know what the flower is called just some sort of yellow wildflower um she titled it a little ray of sunshine shot with the iphone 7s and uh she says um she used a green bubble packing wrap behind the flower to give it a bokeh effect and then used tada slr to mask the flower to give more bokeh that is cool so yeah, she did a, did a pretty good job. I mean, you could kind of see if you really study it some of the challenges in, in masking it out. But overall, she did a really fantastic job with this, and, and that idea of using the bubble wrap to uh, put those little bokeh circles in there—that is truly genius. Yeah, yeah, that's neat. We're going to put that. Um, we're going to put a link to that photo in the show notes. So when you uh, listen to the podcast, you'll see a link to it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's very creative. You know, using the bubble wrap like that. Yeah, I, I never would have thought of that. That's pretty awesome. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. Okay. So let's move it on. Um, uh, we are going to 
continue this week with a tip. And uh, uh, we talked about incorporating, uh, you know, little tips into the program. Some may, maybe a little advanced, some a little on the basic side. And uh, last week I, I, we talked about um, shooting stills while recording video. And this week, Dave is going to talk about healing and Snapseed. Mm -hmm. So take it away, Dave. Yeah, thanks, Ray. And I will let, um, it's something that actually Snapseed has had the healing function for a while, I think since the beginning. Uh, but every time I've tried to use it to remove either a spot or even, uh, let's say you're taking a picture of something in a piece of fences in a way, or they're just something that's kind of distracting that you just want to go away from the picture completely. It's never quite worked as well as I wanted to. Um, normally in the past I use photo Photoshop fix and that seems to have done a really great job. Um, in terms of saying, well, there's a spot there. You just kind of rub your finger over and it goes away and it you it's really hard to tell anything's there. But the problem for me is that, and I'm a little lazy this way, you have to import your photo to Photoshop Fix, do your correction, and then export it. So you end up with a duplicate image there. And really, that's the only thing I do in that. I know it has some additional... Um, photo editing features, but I pretty much only use it to get rid of things just to correct it. So for one photo, I was trying to I basically get rid of a building um, that was in a shot I wanted just because it's a garage in the background and I really didn't want to have a, it had a nice plant and flower in the foreground. And I didn't have, I didn't want to have all this, this giant building in the background. So I figure I'd give it a try just to see if it's changed because I know that uh, Snapseed has had some updates recently. And when I did that, it actually did a really good job. I don't know if it was just maybe dumb luck that the photo was worked would just worked out well for it, um, but or if they improved it behind the scenes. But I know they're improving all the time. I don't want to say that they're not improving, but whether this was one particular improvement, but. Again, this is a very simple tool. There's no adjustments to it. There's no advanced features when it comes to the healing tool. It's simply in Snapseed where you, once you open up a photo in Snapseed and you see something that you want to have removed or adjusted, just click the tools and click the healing, which looks like two Band-Aids um, crisscrossed. And you just simply rub your finger over what you want to have removed. And for the last few ones I tried for, it was significantly better to where I don't have it's, – it's good enough that I'm willing to say I don't want to use another program just so it's a little bit better. So the um, simplicity and ease of use is right now bigger than how much better the Photoshop fix program I was using just because of the less steps involved. So just something, if you see something in a photo that's a little spot or a little something you want to get rid of, I would say try give it and see see if it works out. Yeah, like a hydro line or something that's in the way, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, and you could easily just zoom in on a picture if it's a like a little spot or a little, you know, little something you want to have a little adjustment there and just try that little spot because they'll let you zoom in. So if you want to have a little, a smaller spot and have, but you, unlike, let's say Photoshop Fix where you can adjust your brush size and adjust the edging on how hard or how soft the edging is, this is, you only have one size here. Uh, again, you can zoom in, but it's it's a much simpler tool, but it seems to do a pretty good job now. That's cool. I'll definitely have to give that a go. If I could give a, another uh, alternative. Um, so, you know, like you mentioned, I don't I, anymore. I don't like to have multiple copies of, of pictures if I don't have to. Um, so I've been like a pretty big user of the photo extensions in the, in the photos app, um, which means mm -hmm. I've been editing a lot with polar lately because it's accessible through the extensions. Um, but for removing um, like unwanted things from images, my go-to app is touch retouch. And that, that is ac accessible through the photo extensions. Um, if you're looking for it in the app store, it's all one word, touch, retouch, because there is another touch, retouch, but it, that's two words. It's not the same app. Uh, touch, retouch, it's got like a little green um, kind of looks like a pencil bent into like a number six almost. In any case, totally amazing the stuff that it can do, it, it boggles my mind how good it is. Um, one of my favorite features with it is if you took a picture that had like a bunch of like telephone wires in it, um, there, you know, it's always hard to like draw a straight line, um, you know, when you're trying to do this stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. They actually have a line remover tool. So basically, when you select that, um, as long as you're reasonably close in, in tracing your finger over the telephone line, it will it'll find it and select it like perfectly. Oh, wow. I just did that in a photo and it is amazing. Yeah, it's way cool. Um, yeah, touch retouch is, is my absolute favorite for... Um, removing stuff but it, you know if you're if if you're doing the bulk of your editing in, in a snapseed which i know a lot of people do then uh you know it just makes sense to kind of do all that stuff in in one app or whatever but i just wanted to throw another option out there in case someone doesn't use snapseed or um wasn't having luck maybe with the the feature in snapseed and wanted to try something different um touch retouch is quite amazing yeah, I mean, like I said, some of the, the the examples they show, it's like you said, it looks really amazing what you can do there. Yeah, I, I'm showing it in. The, I was gonna say I, I use it. I mean, I don't like use it all the time. Not like constantly removing stuff, but like when I do, it it works awesome. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. I haven't really played around with it too much, but that line removal tool is really really good. Now I'm going to have to take some pictures with hydro lines in them just so I could take them out. <laughs> right on. <laughs> and just as a heads up for people, the touch retouch is one night, at least in the U S app store, it's one ninety nine. but is it, but it is a one-time purchase where 
no subscription. You just purchase it once and use it. And Snapseed is free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's cool. All right. Well, now we will move on to our post pick of the week. And again, we don't have any fancy music or anything, but I will just do this. And that's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) So it was going to be Joe's turn to do post pick of the week this week. But um, in his absence, Matt is stepping up to the plate, no pun intended. And he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna go to the well, which is our Instagram feed. So if anybody has added the hashtag Tiny Shutter to their Instagram photos, um, we we can do a search for that hashtag, and all the images come up. And Matt kind of deliberated on a couple here, but he has picked on one or uh, picked one, and I'll let you take it away. All righty. Yeah, definitely a lot of cool pictures in the in the uh, Instagram with the hashtag Tiny Shutter. Uh, so I ended up picking one that's uh, by Ithalu Dominguez, and I know we've picked a bunch of her photos, you know, over the course of the time we've been doing this. But gosh darn it, they're amazing! And um, the picture that I picked, it's a um, square format image and it's basically a macro of a ladybug and the uh, ladybug is kind of facing away from the camera so the emphasis is really on the uh, the kind of the top and the back of the ladybug it's shell with red shell with the uh, or wings I guess is really what it is with the um, the black spots and uh, what I think really makes this picture interesting is um the ladybugs on this like piece of wood and I, I don't know like really what, what it is cause it's such a close up picture, but it, the wood, uh, bisects the image diagonally. Um, so you have the top half of the picture is got this, uh, kind of dark, uh, background that kind of goes into this lighter blue out of focus, who knows what that is. And then you got this piece of wood with this ladybug on it. Um, and there's just something about it. The, the wood bisects the image and, or at least the way this is cropped, it's almost, um, symmetrical almost, but then the ladybug draws your attention in such a way that it really throws that symmetry off like big time. And you know, if Joe were here and he was looking at this, he'd be talking about tension for sure. And I don't know if that's the right word, but um, there's just something going on with it that it's uh, it almost bothers me in a way that it's uh, that it's not symmetrical, but it's like in a good way. I know that doesn't make any sense at all, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's symmetrical in that there's like the ladybug is pretty much in the center of the frame, so there's an equal amount of of the the wood going up to the top corner and down to the bottom corner, and then uh, you know almost the same amount going down to the other corner in the bottom right. Uh, you know, it, it's it's the only thing that's not symmetrical about the image really 
is the background where you you like you say you've got that black area that's about the top quarter in behind the wood and then the rest of it is something that is blue but it, it's yeah. so blurry because of the macro that it, you can't even tell what it is but that's okay because it doesn't matter what do you think dave no i'm agreeing and i and man i think i see what you're talking about where it's the the diagonal does not go through the diagonal of the photo itself either so that gives you the background is just a tidge bigger and it looks like it's wrapping around a little bit more than you know you would think oh i want to have that diagonal right on that you know crop it so it's right on the from bottom left upper right but it's just a little little uh a little, you want to call it maybe um, a little further down, a little to the right than the diagonal for the photo. So it's down there where the where the ladybug actually is, and the, the, her shots are always amazing in terms of, you know, the, the crispness and for this one, just getting that um, the focus right there on the ladybug, and I love the colors. The, the blue with the red is just a great combination there. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing about it too, is that that color combination is really striking. Yeah. It's, it's like a really good use of a couple of primary colors. They just seem to really pop. And the nice thing about the fact that the ladybug, the, the ladybug is looking away from the camera is that you don't have to worry so much about, you know, generally you want to get the eyes in focus on on just about any living thing but because you can't even see them she has just the the tail end of the of the wings uh, and the spots almost perfectly clear focused and and then of course the um the wood it almost looks like a cedar rail fence or something uh it's hard to say what exactly the wood is but um you know that's that's got a, a nice focal plane going across it too so it's uh, it's pretty cool. Definitely. All right. So I think that is just about it for the show. Um, if you want to be, uh, I guess I should mention too, that if you want to be uh, featured in the post pick of the week, uh, join the, um, the weekly photo challenge on the Facebook group. Uh, this week's challenge, uh, it runs for two weeks. So it's last week and this week coming up. And the the, uh, the challenge is dilapidated. So if you have a picture of anything that's worn out and fallen apart, and you know, like a uh, anything that's pretty much useless, I guess I don't know. Uh, dilapidated. That's that's the challenge for this week, and we've got a few uh, good ones in there now. And uh, and and of course, put them on Instagram hashtag Tiny Shutter and. Um, uh, yeah, every other week we we pick from the well, which is the the Instagram feed, and um, other than that, we pick from the Facebook group. Uh, I'm really <laughs> stumbling on my words here because I'm not used to doing this. So <laughs> bear with me. <laughs> no, no. Well, Greg, I also uh, say I also say that for um. The post pick of the week, we really want to make sure that it stays focused on the topic that we're talking about. So, I mean, we we definitely appreciate if someone has an amazing picture. I mean, you may have an amazing picture that is a 
brand new something or another that is definitely not dilapidated. Um, definitely post that along. But for that post pick of the week, we're really looking for – and part of the reason we I think we do a topic is just to stretch uh, the creativity of knowing that you're limited in a way of saying you're looking for something that's dilapidated. So you may look at something that you're – that you normally would overlook or look at something that you see every day in a different view, uh, trying to keep in the back of your mind, dilapidated objects or dilapidated, you know, um, subjects you can look at. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for bailing me out, Dave. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, just, um, you know, check out the Facebook group. We have a, an awesome community of people there and, uh, our membership is over 1,800 now. I'm not sure what the exact number is, but um, it, it's continually growing. And we we have a ton of good stuff going on there. Great conversation. If you have something you want to learn, something you want to teach, that's a great place to put it. And, um, uh, you know, in the Instagram feed, I mean, these are great places for inspiration. That's what I find mm-hmm. uh, that I get a, a lot out of it is is the the people that that post there inspire me to to go and shoot something. You know, maybe it's a, a subject matter that I'd like to to try to capture, or um, you know, maybe there's a, a way that I can improve on something that I've already shot, uh, whether it's reshooting or editing. Uh, it, it's it's just a, a great community of fantastic people, and you just can't go wrong. So, is there anything else that you guys need to bring up? I think we're good on my end. Yep. Alrighty, uh, Dave, tell everybody where you, they can find you. Sure, you can find me on. Um, there we go. I almost made it on Instagram <laughs> and uh, Twitter as Prof Pod and in the Facebook group and the Arfo iPhone Photography group as Dave Podner. Matt, where can we find you at? All right. You could check me out on Instagram, Twitter, I am and the Artful iPhone community at M Hoffman Photo. And you can find me on Instagram, I am Macmillan Photo, on Twitter, Macmillan underscore photo, and on Dayflash, I am Macmillan, and at the uh, Artful Life Photography community, just by my name, Greg Macmillan. So, I think we've got ourselves a show, guys. We actually made it without falling off the rails. All right. And we'll just play a little bit of this piano music. <laughs> to uh, <laughs> fill in the gaps. Um, thanks, guys, for for helping me out with this. And uh, thanks for taking the lead, Greg. Well, it's just not the same without Joe. I could tell you that. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh, but um, uh, we'll we'll get this recording uh, off to Joe, and uh, he'll do his magic with it. And. Um, Hopefully, we'll have a show that will be listenable in the near future. All right. This has been the Tiny Shutter Podcast. And until next time, say goodbye, guys. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye bye.